This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. It looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it they take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, you get your Hawaiian shirt? I see a whole bunch of people complaining because they got vouchers for the Hawaiian shirts or something. You see that? Oh, no, I didn't. My wife already like has put my old Hawaiian shirt in the back of the closet, and she literally will not let me wear it in public. If she is in that same location as well. So I'm sure another Hawaiian shirt would not have gone over well. See, I have I have mine from like last year or the year before sometime. And I've made sure to pack it to bring it to Florida with me because I believe it's a requirement. If you go to a road game, that's what you're required to wear as an Oriole fan. Oh, yeah. I think that's actually true. Uh, that, that's yeah, a good there's call, somewhere in your, bird, in your Birdland membership that it requires that. Yeah, there's. I feel like most. I think all of my oral shirts are oral shirt giveaways, um, and ninety percent of them I feel comfortable wearing out in public any given day. I do not bear, feel comfortable wearing my Hawaiian shirt unless I'm going to a baseball game. I agree. I'm totally with you. 
The other shirt that I'm not comfortable wearing unless I'm going to the Oriole game is my Oriole jersey with my own name on the back. That seems a yes. little strange. Though I guess I could get away with it in Florida and people would just believe Soroka is a player for the Orioles. Though I kind of want a uh, jersey of the guy for the Braves because he's doing really well. Yeah, you just need to add an extra O in there, right? Soroka. Right, right, exactly. Um, he's got the extra O there. Yeah, I thought you were going to say your shirt that says Jesus hates the Yankees. I thought maybe you're afraid to wear that one too. No, I wear that one all the time out in public. That's one okay. I like they to wear to church to see, to see what what church people judge me for. Yeah, I judge you. <laughs> right, but have not done that at the new church yet. New church, I'm being careful. I'm wearing a polo well, shirt. Being from nice. what I've seen it, from what I've seen in your Instagram, you could kind of yeah. you could go up there in a freaking um, Harry Potter costume, and people would 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 think you're normal. So I don't know what's going on at your church. I mean, I, it is still Florida. I told I told you I visited a new church. I went two weeks to the same church. The first week I went, I was a little thrown off because they had all this Marvel posters and stuff hung up. Uh, Hold on for a minute, Matt. All right. Someone's at Josh's door in a shady hotel in Florida. Probably should be concerned. But I'm more curious than concerned. Let's see how this plays out. Josh went up to the door. Looks like there's someone at the door. There's a conversation. If everyone can be quiet, a conversation's happening. I'm trying to overhear. All I'm hearing is Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. It's probably good too. I don't hear any voices anymore. And Josh isn't back at the microphone. At what point should I be concerned that there's no voices and Josh is not back at the microphone yet. I'll give it another 30 minutes and then I'll text somebody. Oh, wait, here it comes. All right, now I got to do an edit. Oh, you could leave in my commentary while you were uh, at have the, you been talking? Go, go, go to the door. Yeah. Have you been hearing have you been hearing what I was dealing with? No, I and I did, couldn't I just heard a little bit of wah, wah, wah in the background. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I called this morning because my shower uh, was broken. Like the drain, like you know how it has like a plug that you point, push in? Well, the, the entire drain just fell apart, like into two separate parts. So I told them this morning, and they didn't show up until 8.15 tonight to fix it. And then he looks at it, and he goes, oh, well, are you going to take a bath? And I said, no. And he said, okay, then you don't need this, and just walked out with the part. I'm like, okay. Well, that's one of one of uh, Florida's finest hotels, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, what were we what were we doing? Ah, uh, we were commenting on your new church and the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Marvel posters or something. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, I so I visited this church two weeks in a row. The first week, I was a little thrown off because they had like uh, Marvel posters everywhere and like the drum shield was brick and said like comics and, and they took liberties. I'm pretty sure of, I don't think Marvel would have given them permission to like use the Marvel font and make like uh, bulletins and stuff with Spider-Man on it. So I'm guessing that they just looked beyond all that. So that threw me off a little bit, but I enjoyed the church. 
And it was weird because when the music team came out, I knew the violin player, which is weird because I didn't think I knew anyone down here. Well, well, did you know her or did you know Catwoman, her character that she was dressed up as? Right, right. Like, oh, that's no, Catwoman. Were, no, no, no. You're, you're, you're jumping ahead. Oh. You're jumping ahead. Oh, this okay, was week one. This was okay. week one. So d- there's no so that, characters. No. So, okay. no, no characters. These are humans. No, you're jumping okay. ahead. So right, they gave a sermon and they, and they used Spider-Man as the example for the sermon and all. And uh, a little cheesy, great, but it was fine. With great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. Was that exactly. used? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. I don't think it was. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah. It's a famous line. Yeah. I don't think they used that one. I've heard other pastors use that before. Youth pastors love to use that line. But that one was yeah. not used this time. Have you seen – I saw a video on Twitter with Spider-Verse. I guess there's a show or movie called Spider-Verse or something. It's a movie. It's Where, excellent. You haven't watched it? Into the no, Spider-Verse? No, I haven't. It's I have, like one of the best fasc- Marvel movies. I was fascinated by like um, – it was something like things per minute, like screen captures per minute. And Spider-Man was done at like 24 whatever per minute. And they did his understudy at like 12 per minute so it looks like he was slower doing everything which i thought was really cool oh that's cool so uh i mean it's a cartoon that movie so not, but uh, okay so but not right, so i'm showing right so i'm showing you the bulletin thing and the sermon series is yeah, called a, marvel at jesus so all right well, so i gave him some liberties marvel before jesus i don't know about that maybe it should be jesus <laughs> yeah, at marvel yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're using the whole word of, well, Marvel's a, a verb or uh, whatever. Uh, but anyway, so I gave him a pass on that. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try it again. So I went week two. Again, I, I it was cool that I knew someone in the music team from back home. And it was the pastor seemed really nice. Uh, so I, I gave it another try this week. And I What's walk in. I walk. I don't want to say <laughs> We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> all right. Like, all right. Let me back up. I really like this church. I'm going to go again next I would week. imagine, Josh, I would imagine the pastor, it's now hard to see him as anything else than the character he's dressed up as for the rest of your life. But, okay, go I ahead. Really like, I really like this church. I really, the pastor seemed really nice. In fact, right before we recorded tonight, the pastor called me because I filled out the little card saying I was a visitor. And he asked to get lunch with me. So I'm going to have lunch on Friday with the pastor. So Wait, come and let, me just, yeah. let me just say, I like this church. There's some things that threw me off. And, I'm, and I think it's just, you know, it's Florida. So I'm, I'm adjusting. Things are different. Yeah. Things are different in Florida. So I walk in uh, week two. And this time I decide to go to the second service a little later because I, I – didn't see enough like teenagers and stuff in the first service. And now I'm looking for something where my kids will like enjoy it and meet, make friends and all. I went to the 1030 showing or <laughs> showing. I went to the 1030 screening. Uh, yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. So anyway, there were a lot more teenagers. I like that. So, um, but when I walk in the, in the lobby, they've got one of those big like photo booth backdrops things set up where you can get your picture taken. And then they've got people dressed up as like Captain America and Spider Gwen and um, any uh, Black Panthers out there. The sermon title was all about Black Panther this week, mm-hmm. and uh, okay. but and they had <laughs> and they had 
Oh, some what's the guy? Um, what's the guy from Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy? But it but that was a really bad costume. But they had him there. I don't, I don't know. So I just I walk past it and I'm like, all right, this is Florida, and I go sit down. Now here's where I had to take a double take. The worship team comes out. This time I don't know anyone on the worship team, but the lead singer is Captain America. And he's not in a cheap Captain America suit. He's in like one of those expensive, like I go to Comic Con Captain America <laughs> costumes, like the pants, the 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 jacket that looks like I don't know how you can play guitar in that because it's so tight and we're in Florida, but like all out in Captain America. And at first, yeah, I saw I your said, Instagram pic of Steve Rogers. Yeah, that was all out. Exactly. I said, all right, this is weird, but you know what? After two songs, you know what I was thinking. That's a really impressive costume. Captain America. <laughs> it's a really good quality costume. <laughs> so that, yes, that's uh, that's my Florida for the week. Oh, and the pastor when he came out to yeah, do his when he came out to do his Black Panther uh, sermon, which uh, what was the? Uh, I think Black Panther was like an example of uh, Jesus because he comes from another land to like save the world or something. I don't know. The Power to Defeat the Villains was the sermon title for Black Panther. Uh, he came out and he goes, hey, I'm so-and-so. I am gospel man. And he has a Superman <laughs> shirt, but it's a G instead of an S. And I like this church. Those little things made me want to run out of this church. Yeah, that's but a, I bit, like, but, a bit But cheesy. I like this church. And it's a little cheesy. And it's a, But uh, it's Florida. So I'm adapting, and I'm getting used to the fact that you can go to church dressed up as your favorite superhero. It sounds like um, maybe the church is in rebuilding mode, so they're trying to get ways to get um, fans or, or church attendants to show up, um, even in a down year. It sounds like some some moral parallels there for these giveaways and theme nights that the, the church might try be trying to do. Yeah, that's a good idea. It is kind of like the Orioles. Uh, I would be all for the Orioles dressing up in like high-end Marvel costumes for the entire game, or at least just Brandon. Yeah, Hyde. something to put fans. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, um, who would be your Captain speaking... America? Oh, it's Trey Mancini. Is is Captain? Not, America. not Chris Davis. No, no. I think Chris Davis is like uh, Wolverine from Logan, where he's like old. And beat down, and no one thinks he can do anything. Yeah, but unfortunately, most of those movies have happy endings where the hero comes back to save the day, and that's not the Chris Davis movie. Sorry. Yeah, but lots of fights and 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 killing people and all that. I think Chris Davis could take a few heads off with a swing, especially if he had some big iron claws. That's probably true, and I, I wouldn't mind if he chose to do that, to get into the movie industry and leave our team alone. That's not a bad idea. Maybe if he's successful with it, we, we can get him out of here. Hey, 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 he's had a decent week. I think his batting average is up to like 180 or something. He's, uh, he's gotten a hit since the All-Star break. He's back in the series against Tampa. He's back to struggling ways. Well, the entire team <laughs> struggled in the series against Tampa. Yeah, it was... It's been a it was a rough series. And Tampa, by the way, Tampa's Tampa's a really good team. They're a good good baseball. Yeah, well, yeah, they're in second place, right? They're a very good yeah. team. 
They don't even yeah, need like full a bunch of starting pitchers, and they they can still go fine. Hey, so uh, Chris Davis that, is at uh, 181. Okay. Speaking of that, so the 200 watch is off. Speaking of that, the yeah. um, manager uh, Ma- manager Hyde, he had. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of him, but he had the first line that I really liked to manager Hyde. It was like a Buck Showalter line, and he was talking about Andrew Kashner being traded which we'll get to in a minute here on Section 336. But he was talking about Andrew Cash being traded, and they asked him who's going to start tomorrow. And his response was a very kind of Buck Showalter, a Buck-esque type line. He said, I, he said I, I'll say who's, who's, who's my starting pitcher is when Tampa Bay says who their starting pitcher is. Because Tampa Bay like was that. being a little bit funny with their start. They wouldn't list their, their, their next starter, uh, their, their opener, if you will. Um, right, and for the game on Sunday, and so he said, "I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say who mine is when they tell me who, who theirs is." So I like that. That showed a little, um, right, a little, right. I'll show you if you show me. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, a little fight, a little uh, kind of sticking it to the to 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 the Rays, which is something uh, I like to see because that's what Buck used to always do, and I loved it about Buck. And and sometimes yep. manager Hyde seems a little bit too. Um, I don't want to say go lucky because. He goes after his own players. He does. But I want a guy who represents the Orioles and who, like, goes after other teams and other stadiums and other things like Buck used to always do. I want that guy as my manager, too. Not just go after my own players, but also go after other teams when he feels like the Orioles are being slighted, which we know the Orioles are always being slighted everywhere we go. Right, right. And that's why they're such a bad team. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yes, and we'll get to one way because the Nationals, and we'll get to that, the Nationals, upcoming series of Nationals in a minute too. But let's start with the um, trade. Uh, we traded uh, Andrew Kashner. We talked about last week. We hinted at this, um, and it happened. Traded Andrew Kashner for two 17-year-old boys from Venezuela. And I do mean the word boys. Well, yeah, they're 17 Josh, years old. Uh, yeah, your immediate reaction, how are you feeling about this uh this trade, are you happy with what we got back in return? Are you annoyed like I am about what you got back in return? Um, what does it say about kind of Michael Elias and what he's looking for? Well, what do you make of this trade? Well, like I told you last week on Section 336, didn't I say like 99% chance of Kashner being traded or something like that? I think I yeah, went yeah, real we, high we in my that. percentage yeah. of Kashner. So we knew it was coming. It was the only thing that made sense. Uh, and it's fine. It's It's a safe trade. Because there's no way we can judge this trade for another four or five years. So Mike Elias doesn't have to worry about us jumping on him in a year. I was uh, the uh, – is it Dominowski? What's the guy's name up in Boston, their GM? Yeah. Uh, something Dom- like that. Dominowski, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was – I liked his quotes where he was saying like – these weren't guys we were necessarily offering. We weren't. A, we didn't like seeing these names come up. We think they have upside, but they are a long way out. And obviously, we need to give up anything for starting pitching that can help the big leagues now. So I liked. Yeah, that I, he think, had I good think that was the assistant GM. Guys. But yeah. Okay. Your, 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 right. point remains, so your point remains true. Anything that says we hurt the Red Sox, okay, I'll take that. I mean, yeah. and I love all these amateurs like us that are out there writing articles about this trade when the truth is none of us know no one knows if this was a good trade or not right that's true for all trades 
But yeah, I, but, but you can't even you can't tell me whether or not Nolberth Romero or uh, what is it? I forget Prado's first name. You can't tell me if these guys are good or not. Right, and and maybe that's part of the problem, right? Like if you took a guy that was from single A or double A, you have some sort of track record about the type of player you're getting back, right? Like we could look at the trade for Manny Machado, and I know I'm not, I mean, Castro's not Manny Machado, but we could look at Diaz and we could see his prospect ranking, and we saw what happened, right? And this is why I think a lot of fans are upset. When Duquette made all those trades, in our top 30, all these guys went immediately to our top 30 prospects. So we could, get, we could kind of visibly see our prospects get better, our prospects' uh, depth get better as our 30 guys, <laughs> as like seven of our 30 guys got replaced with new names. So he said, oh, look, uh, we now have new guys as our top 30 prospects from all these trades. Um, therefore, that shows that our farm system is getting better. What, what, what uh, Elias did, traded for two 17-year-olds, they're not showing up on any top 30 prospect lists. Um, right. And they won't unless they significantly improve in the next few years. And so it's hard to say, like, it's hard for me to say this was a good trade for two guys who were recently signed, just signed last year, um, international signings, who, you know, no one's ever heard of, who are not even not even pre-prospects. They're kind of nothing. They're just two 17-year-old boys. And this is what you gave up, a really good starting pitcher this year. You gave it up for two unknowns and and so right. that i think there's reason to question that i i hear that all right but these guys are playing in the dominican summer league the boston red sox have two teams in the dominican summer league how many teams do the orioles have i i don't know how they would field a team exactly and i think this tells you more about how the orioles have dealt with international prospects versus how Mike Elias wants to deal with international prospects. I think you wouldn't trade for two 17-year-olds from Florida. I think the fact that they are from the Dominican Republic, you're putting more into that. And you're wanting these guys who think, well, there's a reason the Red Sox signed them recently and gave them uh, decent sign-in bonuses. The Red Sox invested money in these guys. The Red Sox have scouts in that area. Uh, apparently we have a scout too that's in that area that has been watching these guys and like these guys. But I think it tells it's more telling about the fact that we need players in order to develop this international class. And the more guys you get on your team like this helps you when you're going to sign. The, the bigger your international class is, the more that helps you in future years of signing more as you make your presence known in there. And this is two more guys that whether or not they make it to the bigs, Helps us with that international scouting. Yeah. At the same time, though, there's something silly about if we were just involved in international signings, we could have just signed them last year and we wouldn't have to make, sure. make any trades. And your point about Florida, well, it's, first of all, it's, it's illegal. It would be illegal yes. to sign yes. a kid at 17 um, because he would have to be draft, graduate high school and then be drafted. So this is the only way to get a 16 or 17-year-old is is through international kind of signing and trades and it's right. weird that or that or adoption yeah that that or adoption um th- those are only two ways and i guess adoption i think i heard it's pretty expensive so maybe yeah and there's a waiting list and everything yeah. adoption's a pain that can be complicated but to to elias's defense and i was just arguing why some people were upset about it but to elias's defense you kind of have two options right like you could trade for 
uh, uh, I keep on thinking of like Ryland Banning, who's now a Bowie, like a second baseman. You could trade for a Bowie second baseman, like a double A or single A second baseman, right. who you could project as utility infielder. And that's what you would probably get for Andrew Kashner, right? Yes. And he would be probably like your top, you could probably get like a top 20 prospect in your farm system, in Orioles farm system, a number 20 prospect in your farm system, who would, his ceiling would be, his ceiling would be a major league utility infielder. Right, right. Utility guy. He's not even in the, he's not even going to register in the top 200 nationwide. Right. And so, but it would be a name that people maybe have heard of, a name that's a track record. Maybe like what Duquette always did, if Duquette was making this deal, it would be a former first round pick three years ago who kind of fell off a little bit. Um, and then you try to kind of find All that right. magic. So he's going to be a space holder that if he gets hot, you may be able to bring him up. Yeah, kind of like, like Dylan Tate. Example who he hasn't really worked out a couple organizations, but former first round pick. You hope you can kind right. of strike magic. But that's a, but that's a pitcher, right? How much? How often do you strike magic on a utility player? No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I don't think that method really works very much. And so Elias is just saying, well, I'll take the long view here. Like this might be nothing. Like they might not ever make it to single A, or like I might strike gold. Like it does. Like it's, but it's, it's. This is a better alternative. And for the reasons that you said, too, of building up kind of our international presence, this is a better way than just signing a guy just to beef up my buoy squad, who I know is never going to be an everyday position player in the majors. We have enough. We have C.B. Wilkerson. We have uh, Jace Peterson. We have Ryland Banning. We have enough, like, future utility infielders that we don't need to make trades to draft a guy who's going to project to be a utility infielder. We need to, I guess, for a guy like Andrew Kashner, we need to, to, to get 17-year-olds because they're cheaper. Teams are more willing to part with them because they're so far away. You're getting them before they ever hit any of the prospect lists and hoping you can turn them into a prospect. So I, I, I part of it makes me cringe because I feel like we got nothing back. Uh, but on the other hand, I get Michael Elias, understand what he's doing, and I'm curious... If Andrew Kashner, who, by, by the way, <laughs> the playoff talk here, um, percentages that the Boston Red Sox would make the playoffs prior to, uh, prior to the Andrew Kashner deal, they had a 55, okay. 55.8% chance of making the playoffs. 55.8% right. chance. After the trade of Andrew Kashner, do you know what the probability that they make the playoffs are, according to Fangraft <laughs> or something? Uh, it was 54. 55.8. 54. <laughs> no. Did they have a rough actually, week or something that just timed no, poorly? No, it actually went up. Uh, okay, all right. So just so got, the Andrew Kasher signing alone, or trade trade alone, made it go up from 55.8 to 56.1. So 0.03% okay. of a... Well, I mean, he's a, they brought him in as a fifth starter. Yeah. He's going to get him more wins to help him get that... That wild card slot, maybe, but uh, but they, they, I mean, everyone's clearly saying, all right, but we don't know what we do with Andrew Kashner in the postseason. He won't be part of our plan for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, it so, depends, right? Like, we'll see how well he pitches, and he could be a, right. a, a he, bullpen arm, if not a starter. Right. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, it's nice for Andrew Kashner. He's never been on like a a playoff team, I don't think. So, uh, good luck to him. I mean, it. I, I I like that. Well, remember a couple months ago when we were talking about how 
Andrew Kashner said, well, I'm going to retire if I get traded. Yeah. Or I'm going to consider retirement. So yeah. all that talk quickly went away. Yeah, and Andrew Kashner seems like a good dude. He said all the right things. He's talked about how much yes. the pitching staff has helped him become a better pitcher. He, he certainly looks like a different pitcher this year. It's just his stuff is is a lot better. He's, he's, he's so much more effective. Um, here's what we know. And, like, again, all this made sense because he's not coming back next year. So, like, these are two 17-year-old guys that you have, and you would have lost Andrew Kashner anyway. And, and John Heyman, I hate his guts, but he's right. Like, this increases the chances of the Orioles getting the number one pick. Though yeah. I tell you what, Detroit the- – <laughs> Detroit's imploding. <laughs> They're going to give us a run for our money. I'm telling you, are, Detroit are they, is terrible. Are they even doing it on purpose? Like the Orioles, we all know, are doing this on purpose. Yeah. But Detroit is just crazy. Yeah. Uh, doesn't Kashner kind of just look like he should be on the Red Sox anyway with the crazy hair and all? Yeah. Like, yeah that's where beard. he belongs. Yeah, it does kind of fit. And listen, if I'm Boston, I, I, I saw and I was on Twitter, you know, seeing people's reactions. <laughs> and Oriole fans were complaining, and Red Sox fans were complaining. Like, both fan bases were ticked. Like, the Orioles were complaining about the return. The Red Sox were complaining about Kashner. <laughs> like, well, this is the guy yeah. we get to get us into the playoffs, Kashner? So, Isn't that such an Orioles move, though? Like, that's the, what we used to do. Besides uh, uh, besides when we brought in the closer or the, the – uh, Andrew Miller, yeah. Andrew Miller. Besides that, it was always this type of move where, like, if we were in the Red Sox position, we yeah. would sign Andrew Kashner. This is the that was a total signing move. or the Jim Tomei signing after his prime. Yeah, the – Yes. Just yeah. – I, I, I can't go all in, so let me kind of get this guy. Right. Nate, um, Nate McLeod. Yeah. And by the way, like, what did the Orioles do to get those guys? We traded away guys like Josh Hader, right? We traded away uh, uh, 17 – Eduardo Rodriguez. 19-year-old guys. Well, Rodriguez, he was older, but he was – that was that for was Andrew Miller. Miller. I'm saying – Yeah, so that one's – Yeah, that's for these the one Jim we give Tomey a pass to. Guys, yeah. Uh, like to get yeah. Travis Snyder, um, we gave away these young, good arms who were just 18, so they weren't yet prospects. And so I think that's what we're trying yes. to do on these other teams. Um, so we will see how it works out. Here are a couple – can I read a couple comments from Michael Elias about the trade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he said, um, you know, it's tough because you're only offering a couple months of control that limits the possible return and the number of teams that are interested in that kind of thing. Elias said, each market, each player has its own shape. But with Andrew not coming back next year, it made sense for us to strike once we got something that makes sense. Let me step it back for a second and say, I feel like a lot of teams are fighting for a wildcard spot and could use a fourth or fifth starter and so part of my thinking was, too, did we really need to make this deal now? Couldn't we wait if this is the best deal that was out there? But I digress. Um, Elias goes on to say, I hear Prado is, is partic- in particular is coming up, is off to a pretty good start in Dominican Summer League. Those are complex leagues. The stats can be misleading. A lot can change, but he's a center fielder with some pop, runs well. He's been stealing bases. We've had eyes on him, and they like what they see. We'll see what we get. There's a lot of development ahead for him. And on Romero, so we got Prado, and the second guy we got was Romero. Um, he said, and by the way, Romero, he was the guy that was $275,000 um, he cost to sign. So he was a lot more expensive. Yes. Uh, right. Romero. The other one was 85000 Yes. Uh, so Romero was the more expensive one. So we can assume maybe the more 
gifted and talented one. Uh, but it says Romero is an infielder who has capability to move around to different positions. He has played mostly third base, but we but we think he's got a chance to develop as a shortstop um, and made pretty good contact with Pop as well. And I think the Red Sox gave him some money too. We'll see what we get. Obviously, it'll take several years to find out what we've got with these guys. But I do feel like that age group and that, that pipeline is something we want to bolster and give a jolt to. Uh, and this helps with that. And then he went on to say that he doesn't know if the Orioles will make any more deals. But he is looking at these Gulf Coast leagues and these Dominican Summer Leagues for players. So Good. Uh, and that's what we want to hear. So I guess you are uh, walking with Elias instead of jumping off the bandwagon after this move. Um, I'm not. I'm not renouncing my season tickets. Like you gonna go get your Twitter t-shirt? Um, I'm not getting my t-shirt because that's dumb. <laughs> I mean, now that he because he, he traded Kashner for two 17 year olds from Venezuela, I've never heard of. I'm not. That's not making me get my Elias t-shirt. I'm not getting that shirt. And if I got it, I'm not wearing it until he does something besides tank the Orioles. Anyone, I could tank the Orioles too, by the way. I could do a pretty good job of losing. Anyone can tank, right. but can you win? That's the question. Right. That, yeah, and as we, were, as we were saying, the Tigers might be doing a better job tanking. Yeah, and so I see what Elias is doing here. I, he's scouting hard. He's looking for, and I'll be, I'll be curious, right? If, and I don't know if there'll be any more trades. I would not be shocked if the Orioles were done with trades. But if any more trades happen, I'm curious to see how many of them will involve international players who are 17, 18 years old. That'd be something to watch. Sure. I, I agree. And uh, you know what? It's, it's something. I mean, they're doing something. They're planning long term. I just hope it's a three-year plan and not a five-year plan like we keep talking about to be competitive. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, this trade is – is not part of the three or five year plan, right? This right, trade, yeah. This is long term, um, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's Cashner dump. I also was happy to see that they included some money, some of Cashner's salary. Um, I always want the Orioles to trade with their salaries, to trade the salaries, because that usually means you get more prospects or better prospects in return if you give the team some money too. Right. Salary. Yeah. Yeah, then so it's, that's, not, that's a good sign. it's not just a straight dump like we did with the Braves last year. Yeah, that Kevin Gosman where, where deal felt like a salary dump. It was a it was a Darren O'Day salary dump, and we included oh, yeah, Gosman yeah, to, to eat up to eat up part of O'Day's contract, which I have no clue right. what O'Day's doing this year. That's a great so, question. He was hurt. When I, I have not, Presumably, right, he's gotten I, healthy. You would think, but I haven't heard his name all season. So, all right. Yeah, so actually. Andrew Kashner is <laughs> Andrew Kashner is now out of the rotation. So there's a big question now about who will start, but uh, but also um, uh, we had the Dylan Bundy pitch like crap on Friday night, and then go to the IL. So he's out of the rotation now too. Yeah. So so. Dylan Bundy got the start just, uh, what, two days ago. And Dylan Bundy was terrible. Can we talk about Dylan Bundy and the career of Dylan Bundy for a minute? Yeah, he sucks. Yeah, can we just, like, take a step back amidst um, the Orioles' current season 
and amidst the trading of Andrew Kashner and us tanking and just talk for a second about the evolution of Dylan Bundy or the de-evolution of, of, of Dylan Bundy and what he's devolved to. I, I went back and looked because I was thinking, man, he was drafted. First of all, he was drafted, you know, 2011, first round, number four overall pick. Freaking, you know, player, high school player of the year. High school, like, the Gatorade athlete of the year. Like, not just player, like, athlete of the year. Like, just stud. He was drafted by the Orioles. People were writing him up. Uh, I just, like, I Googled his name. And, like, <laughs> Sports Illustrated, uh, Tom Verducci wrote an article about him called The Bundy Project in 2012. About, like, his legendary workout r- r- routines, which we can talk about if you want. We can get into, look at his body and talk legendary workout routine sounds like a bit of a stretch to me whatever and then his appearance in in um his first major league kind of or his first professional baseball experience was in Delmarva at 19 and he was blowing everybody away his stats in Delmarva I went back and looked it up because I remember as a minor leaguer this kid was a stud his first appearance was in Delmarva where he pitched 30 innings his rookie year pitched 30 innings uh, gave up zero runs in 30 innings, struck out 40 guys in 30 innings, and only walked two guys, had 40 strikeouts and two walks in 30 innings. This is his first kind of professional experience in baseball. And he's dominating. I mean, we, we talk about Grayson Rodriguez having a good year and D.L. Hall having a good year. I mean, Dylan Bundy blew those pitchers out of the water with his stats in the minors. And then, of course, was it 2000, uh, now I'm, I'm going to mess up my years here, 2012 or 2013, when he got um, Tommy John surgery. That must have been 2013. And then since the Tommy John surgery, it's been uh, shoulder soreness. It's been knee issues. It's been back issues. And all the time, and I remember they were talking back back in the Buck Chowata tenure three years ago, what's wrong with his velocity now that he's finally here and a starting pitcher. And it's just been kind of one mess after the next. And in between all these injuries, oh, he's also sucked as a pitcher. Every year he's been in the majors, he's gotten worse and worse and worse. Uh, His best year in the majors was his rookie year uh, in 2016, or his first kind of full year as a starter in 2016. 2017 was worse. 2018, last year, was a lot worse. And 2019 is on pace to be worse. So it's just he just he's, he's he's gotten worse and worse and worse, and he just stinks. The velocity's gone. He can't stay healthy. He looks out of shape. I don't know if mentally he's all there in the game. I I am I've Dylan Bundy went from being one of my favorite players to now I can't stand to watch him. I'm happy he's on the DL. I'm sick of the guy. I'd rather th- I'd rather see Wojciechowski um, and his twenty letter name out there pitching than Dylan Bundy. I'm sick of Dylan Bundy. I'm sick of him. And I wish we could trade him, but he stink and he hurt. And no one likes pitchers who stink and are hurt. So we can't trade him. Oh, man. I've had it with Dylan. So, so you like our rotation now of Wojowski, Brooks, and Eshelman. Yeah, I'll go right, with that. Right, Who Who bet, uh-huh. who bet on that rotation? Uh, only one of those guys. I know. Like, if you want to know what a tanking team looks like, just look at our starting rotation. That is what a ta- – like – I don't know what Detroit's... I know that they got... Well, I can't name... They got Norris. Uh, I think Norris uh, for Detroit. Who they got in that right. trade for Price. 
I can't name all of Detroit's rotation, but I, w- I would put our rotation up against anyone as this is what a tanking team looks like. Uh, so, I mean, if we're tanking, it begins with starting pitching. Um, uh, Elias should write a book on how to tank, right? And it's all about three things. Starting pitching, starting pitching, starting pitching. Um, bad momentum is as good as tomorrow's starter, right? It's next day starter. This is how you tank, by having terrible starting pitching day in and day out. You can't get on a winning streak when your rotation is Wojciechowski, Brooks, and Eshelman. You can't, you can't win two in a row with that rotation. So uh, no winning streaks allowed here in, in caution what floor tank in Orioles baseball. Got to love it. Yeah, it's but Josh. Yeah, but but can we talk about Bundy? Yeah, we're not. Uh, at one point, he was like the number two prospect in all of baseball, and and now he's and now he. I don't even think he's a major league pitcher anymore. I mean, the decline of Dylan Bundy and his career has been kind of depressing and and sad to watch. Did the Orioles ruin Dylan Bundy? You know, last year going into the trade deadline, we had the whole conversation of which one do you keep? Do you keep Kevin Gaussman? Do you keep Dylan Bundy? Uh, we talked a lot about the up and down uh, yo-yo effect of Gaussman's uh, progression and how that might have ruined him. There was a Bundy where they were a little more careful with, but they did bring him up right away into yeah, the bullpen well, early, yeah. and then after their in, after the injuries, they were more careful. Do you think the Orioles ruin these guys? We don't develop pitchers well. Well, a couple of things. The Dylan Bundy was weird because he was one of the last guys on the old major league contracts, draft contracts. So he like had he he only has if you look at his like minor league innings, um, he only has a hundred and three. Like total minor league innings, 103. That's like half a season. Essentially, he spent half a season pitching in the minors. That's it, right? Because his injury history and his and his you know his draft signing, he had to come up by a certain time, right? Um, and so he came with virtually no seasoning in the minors. And then there's all the injuries. So, um, and so that's that's I think. Uh, an interesting case, but there was talk, right? Like Dan Duquette. I don't know if it was Dan Duquette or whoever, whomever. He wasn't allowed to throw his cutter. That that was a huge story that Josh mm-hmm. was all over. <laughs> Dylan like Buddy was not allowed to throw his cutter in the minors. Yeah. And so I don't know what impact that had. Um, but Kevin Gossman hasn't been good for for Atlanta. So it's not like he goes to Atlanta, all of a sudden he's Jake Arrieta. I mean, Ke- Kevin Gossman has struggled as well. So um, I don't know if you can... I never bought the argument, by the way, that bringing someone up and then making them go back down to AAA ruins them. Like, my thought is if that ruins you or shatters your confidence, then you weren't going to be a major leaguer anyway because that's soft. That's a snowflake move to be have your confidence shattered from just being moved to right. you know, the major AAA. Your, your confidence um, is being shattered because someone believes in you and bringing you to the yeah, majors. You know, yeah, like, that's like, a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, like tough it up, buttercup. But most people don't even make it to the majors ever. Um, so, but but again, I don't know as far as pitching development what we've been what we did. Um, certainly, things are different now, right? With analytics, and it seems like we're. And if you look at, I know a lot of people point to the team in in Delmarva and say these are the youngest players in organization, or the youngest professional players in organization, and they're tearing it up. Um, they get the best rotation, kind of in all the minors down there, Damarva. So maybe they're doing something different with, with the with the development. But I, I don't think so. I think, 
I don't think Dylan Bundy would have been a number one starter if he was drafted by the Braves. I don't think Gossman would have been a number one starter if he was drafted by the Brewers. Now, if you were drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays, who knows? Because it seems like everyone the Tampa Bay Rays touch turns into a number one starter. But for those other teams, I don't think so. I, I don't think, I don't buy this notion that Doros ruined these pitchers. Could they have done a better job developing them? Of course. But I don't think any of them would have been stars if they weren't ruined by the Orioles. Gotcha. All right, so uh, Adley Rushman is now on the Gulf Co- Coast League team. Did you know who the manager of the Gulf Coast yes. team is? Yes. Alan Mills, who we love. Yeah, it's Alan Mills, who, as speaking of pitching development, he's the guy that everyone always praised as far as pitcher development uh, up until this point. Yeah, it does seem like a little bit of a um, demotion for him, though, right? Because he was oh, totally. moving on up up the ranks. But it's a Bowie, and then he was the bench coach in the majors, and now Golf Coast League. Oh, because it's a, it's a Mike Elias move. Of This isn't a Mike Elias guy. Think about if you came in to take over the organization and all you knew was that this team never developed good pitchers. Wouldn't you get rid of anyone that worked with pitchers or demote anyone that worked with pitchers? I think it's it's, yeah. it's Alan Mills yeah. has to prove himself again to Mike Elias. And who knows, maybe this Gulf Coast League managerial thing is maybe he's in the uh, in the someone's going to have to replace Brandon Hyde when the team gets good camp, campaign. Well, yeah, I mean, or even to a lesser extent, like developmental league for managers, right? Like Alan Mills, I'm sure, needs to learn, you know, the things that are important to to, to uh, Elias, right? Some of these kind of sabermetric type things that are important to Elias. And so maybe this is his chance to kind of learn as he's kind of showing the players these things. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. Um, yeah, so it makes sense. So I'm, I don't care about Adley Rushman in the – in the Gulf Coast League, when he when is he coming to Aberdeen? That's a drive I can make. I say keep him in the Gulf Coast League. No no need to rush him yeah. up. And then maybe oh, uh, I'm sure you do down there in Sarasota in your neck of the woods. Yeah, I may be drafting an email uh, to the Orioles uh, later tonight to figure out some Gulf Coast League uh, access. I, I, I googled it. It is yeah, three and a half um, hour drive. Did I lose you? Matthew? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, so the, yeah, that's that's free game. Free, it's free to attend. You see Gunnar Henderson, a number two pick. Um, yeah. Did you want to get into the, the new Fangraphs rankings on these, some of these players? Oh, uh, I didn't have them up in front of me. I can pull them up if you'd like. Oh, I have, but... I have them up in front. Oh, I thought I did. Yeah, but I Adley have, Rushman was number seven. I have, I have them up in front yeah. of me. So Adley Rushman's number seven overall. That's that's good. I like that. He's way ahead of Bobby yeah. Witt Jr., but that's probably because he's an older player, college experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his ETA, according to Fangraphs, is 2020. I like that. Is, um, that falls right in line with my yeah, passwords. Next year. <laughs> no. Do you think Adley Rushman will really be up next year? No. Right. Maybe September next year? I mean, 
I mean, they also they also have Diaz as being a number eighty eight prospect in baseball, and our third overall prospect behind DL Hall and Adley Rushman, and his ETA is two thousand nineteen. But using Al Diaz, I would be surprised if he comes up this year. Yeah, I mean, that not that going to be the – did they change, like, September call-ups this year? Or is that rule going to affect later? I know we've talked about that before, how you can't just flood the the market, flood your team with players in September. I, I think it's the same this year. Okay. But 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 to do that, you have to be on the 40-man roster right. to get the right. September Right, so these guys aren't. And, the, and that would mean – yeah, that would mean putting them on and then removing other guys from the 40-man roster – so I don't know. I, I would be surprised if Diaz has a great – and Diaz is, by the way. Yuzna Diaz is freaking on fire right now and fuego I, right now. I, if, he, if he continues this, then maybe. I feel like in September we won't have a problem removing people from our 40-man roster. Yeah, that's probably I true. mean, if we're rebuilding. If, the, if you're not going to cut it and you can't get any trade value in September, uh, then I'm sorry, Chris Davis. you got to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at Fangraph's new updated, I mean, I'm pumped that Adley Rushman is number seven overall. I think it's an awesome place. I mean, before even playing any professional games, to be the seventh highest rated prospect in baseball is pretty cool. Um, and we have four other guys in the top 100. D.L. Hall is number two. I mentioned using you know, Diaz number number three. I, I guess in, in the Orioles, number, number two, number three. Yeah. 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 65 overall is D.L. Hall. 88 overall is Diaz. And then Grayson Rodriguez is next. He's number 93 overall. So four guys in top 100. And Ryan Mackhouse at, at 120 um, is just out of that top 100. And I'm really surprised. I mean, the only reason Ryan Mountcastle is not in the top 100 is because he does not have a position. Yes. If he was, if he had, if he had a position and he was good at it, he would be a top 100 guy. Mountcastle is um, the guy just, who will probably be here in September. He's probably going to be up DH in to see if he can hit major league hit hidden in September. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, he's still really young, so he would be our youngest player on there. I think he's 21, uh, maybe he just turned 22. Um, so yeah, I'm but this Oriole team is getting younger every day. So. Yeah, but not with good, not with actual prospects. So we'll <laughs> no, see no, when the just the age is going down. Prospect clock. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think September starts yeah. your clock though. Okay, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to get into the rules because I don't know the rules well enough. But I think once you get the call up, that's when it starts. Okay. Now, if you would go know. back down right at the beginning of the year, you could like hold them off again, I guess, to make up for what you did in September. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to ask Dan Duquette those rules. Yeah, I don't think anyone really knows them. Uh, but there's. All that to say, in the prospect rankings, we're being recognized nationally. Those things are improving. <laughs> um, I can't remember last time we had a, you know, a top 10 guy. Um, was it Dylan Bundy, maybe, uh, that we had a guy as high as number seven? No, Manny Machado, of course. Um, right. Um, and Matt Weeders, probably, too. So we had some guys up there. Um, but it'd be, it'd be interesting to see who gets. I think the ETAs that Fangrass have, I would almost push it back. A year, so the 2019 okay. should, for Fangraph should be 2020. Well, reality. maybe those dates are thinking September. September is yeah. when, so 2020 September. Oh, certainly not not opening day 2020. Yeah, yeah, certainly because they said 2019, so it would have to be September for some of those guys. Um, so all right, so um, 
this is good. We broke down the Andrew Casher trade. Uh, Josh, do you think by the time we talk next week, we'll have some more trades to talk about? I hope so. I hope I was hoping in the off day today, the Orioles would make some type of trade. All right. Uh, I mean, cause we've got guys still to trade. I'd love to see Trey Mancini traded because it would, means we would bring something like real back. I don't yeah. think you get it much real back. I think Jonathan Villar isn't going to bring you back any more than Andrew Cash, Casher. I think you would, yeah, I think you would be happy and you would jump on an Andrew Casher type deal for right. Jonathan Villar. Right. I think uh, I, Bundy's not going to get you anything. I mean, no, he's not going anywhere. That's why. Can we you might trade John done. Means? No. The only other guy that might be traded is Michael Gibbons. Yes. And watch for that because you know who needs bullpen help is the Nats. It's not going to happen. The Nats. It's not going to happen. Why not? It's not going to happen. If if, if that happens, that would be proof that the Angelos family has literally nothing (laughs) to do with this baseball team. That would be proof. Gotcha. Good point. Good point. But I I don't envision a world – where any and where can you imagine Peter Angelus that comes across his desk and or any of the Angelus brothers that comes across their desk after they're spending all their lawyers and all their money fighting with the Nationals and Elias presents to them yes. here's a deal where we trade our best reliever to the Nets that will get that paper will get ripped up so fast <laughs> Elias will get called so fast there is no I'm sorry you're right the Nationals are desperate about, in need of bullpen pitching good point. there's no how way about you trade them. How about you trade Givens for uh, an end of the Masson dispute? We get nothing yeah. in return. It just ends. Yeah. Would you take that deal? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, me too. I'm um, so tired of the of it. <laughs> Give him means, too, if it means it ends. Yeah. The, the only way this works, though, with the Nationals, they'll have to get a third team involved to go like, like a kind of a Sweden-type right. place. To, okay, we'll send him to the Mets, and the Mets – will then send him to, to the Nationals. And the Nationals will send a guy to the Mets and then to us. That's the only scenario there. Um, well, no. So there, they don't have to get their hands dirty. There's one other scenario. You okay. can always have Major League Baseball intervene and force the Orioles to give up givens to the Nats for nothing in return. With, yeah, with no concept of hurting. Of no concept of it's okay that you're going to hurt the Orioles because we want the Nats to be good. Yeah, because the Nats really need bullpen. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. and you guys are bad anyway. You guys are really bad anyway, and the Nets really need bullpen help. So, right. yeah. Yeah, you know Go what? And, and, and give them Michael Gibbs. Yeah. That's true, right. That's a that's a possibility. Right. And, I want to put it past the, right. uh, our commissioner. Right. Then in uh, three, four years, they'll argue that some other reason that, that uh, they were supposed to screw us more out of it. Yeah. You guys didn't really want the All-Star game, right? You guys really didn't want Michael Gibbons, right? You guys didn't really want him. You never said that you wanted them, so... Well, remember, that's, that's the Orioles' line, is we don't want the All-Star game. Yeah, you, don't, you can't give it to me. You can't, you can't refuse us because we right. didn't want it to begin right. with. Right, like we, didn't, we didn't ask for it. it. has nothing to do with you yeah. said, don't expect an All-Star game. We didn't ask for it. <laughs> that's, that's right, that's right. Even though if we asked, we know we said, said no. It's better just to not ask because then they can't right. say no. It's, it's maybe same with Michael Goodman. <laughs> do you, do you want to get into the Masson Cup at all? Or, um, I don't. I know. I, I feel like I sh- I'm supposed to hate the Nationals, but like I love my favorite podcast is Tony Kornheiser, and he's a huge Nat fan, and they always talk about the Nats, and so that makes me kind of like the Nats a little bit. Uh, and but I feel like with the Master Cup, I'm supposed to hate them, so I feel a little bit torn here. 
Yeah, I don't like the Nats, but mostly because I don't like Bryce Harper. <laughs> but Bryce Harper's not at the Nats anymore. Yeah. Uh, so like, like, I think Max Scherzer's awesome. I love Max Scherzer. Is Albers still in their bullpen? Because I loved Fat Albers in their bullpen. Oh. I always like that Fat on Albers. TV. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's there anymore. But, uh, but no, I don't. You know what it is? I don't care. I don't care about the Masson Cup. There's none of this Manny versus Bryce anymore. I don't care. I don't like the Nationals. They're screwing. I don't like Washington. Just like I don't like the, I don't like the Redskins uh, because we were raised to hate Washington teams because of the Colts. I don't like the Nats for the same reasons. I don't like Washington teams because of the Colts. And I don't like the Nats because they took stuff from the Orioles. If the Nats weren't in Washington... We would not be going through this rebuild right now. The Orioles would be in a completely different stage where uh, the stadium wouldn't have 10,000 people there. It would be completely different if the Nats didn't exist. Danica would probably still be GM. We probably would have won a World Series by now if the Nats were not in D.C. And you don't hate the Nats? No, I do hate the Nats. I'm saying that's why I hate the Nats. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Redskins are so bad. It's hard to hate them. It's hard to hate someone who's so bad. They're on, just really bad. On Wednesday. But the Nationals. Yeah. On Wednesday, the opening pitch is being uh, thrown out by Lamar Jackson. Do you think that's just to rub it in the face oh. of all of the Nats and all the Nats fans that we have a quarterback? And do you think he throws it or runs it to yeah. home plate? I don't know. I hope he throws it well. Or. We're gonna have to hear if he makes a bad throw to home. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna hear about that one, right? And it's different oh, throwing definitely. a football than throwing a baseball. And he's already been criticized for his accuracy. Mm, maybe I it should so just run hope, it to, to home. I so hope it's like a fifty cent throw, where it's just the worst throw you've ever seen. <laughs> I would love to see. For that, I will get on the internet and tune into one zero five seven the next day just to hear people call and all, with concern over Lamar Jackson. I would too. That that would be good stuff. I would. Yeah, that's Twitter exists for that sort of thing. When that sort of thing happens, that's why right. we have Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, it's like the guy. Sort of it's like the guy who is, says he's given up his season tickets because the Orioles traded Andrew Kashner. Yeah. That's what the Which internet's for. People, I saw Pete, and I saw him tweet that that he's given up his season tickets because the Orioles traded Andrew Kashner. Like, that was the last straw, and people criticized it. But I thought there was that reporter for ESPN. That Dan Zabakowski? Yeah, yeah. His last straw was said he, like them trading Manny or was, something, right? No, no, no. It was like we're not we're not trying to sign Shoei Otani, um, who oh, was right. obviously not going to go with right. the Orioles. But yes. we're not trying to sign him. We, so he's like, I'm, do- I'm done being an Oriole fan. This is a guy, Dave Zemanowski, who came through all the dark years stuff. <laughs> like a smart guy, hardcore fan. All of a sudden, we don't pursue Shohei Otani. He's saying I'm no longer an Oriole fan. Right? It's because like that we didn't. That's as crazy to me as this Castro stuff. Yeah, it's because we didn't send Brady down to watch his his uh, performance, his showcase. Yeah, what, what are we, dude? And I get why you're upset with that. Like we should try to sign Shohei Otani, and and like if you're if you're upset about the Castro signing, I get that too. But dude, all the Orioles have been through, and and you remained a fan, and like what's like Josh for you. What would happen yeah. that would be the last straw? Like, was there anything that could happen that you could say, I'm done. I'm d- My fandom, I renounce being an Orioles fan. I'm done. Like, what would the Orioles need to do for you to say, I'm done? You know, I've thought about this. And it's, they would have to, um, 
Um, you know, <laughs> I thought about this. No, um... <laughs> the easy, I was trying to. I was trying to think of a, a funny answer, but no, the obvious answer is move, pull a Colts type move, and and pick up the team and move them to uh, Nebraska. That that's what that's what it would take. There's no way if they leave the city of Baltimore, I would still be cheering for the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, certainly there's something like if manager Hyde like came out, I don't know, and shot someone, but then he would be arrested and he would no longer be an Oriole. <laughs> and so, that would, like, I wouldn't really care that much if he shot somebody. Right. That would, I mean, I care because you shouldn't shoot people. Yeah, but that would be about the player. And I mean, come on, you're yeah. you're still a Ravens. You just fired you're him. still a Ravens fan. Oh uh, yeah, how many people have has Ray Lewis killed? Exactly. I still root exactly. for the Ravens. Hey, you still root for Ray Lewis? Shoot, Ray Lewis—he's <laughs> my favorite Raven ever. Yeah, Shoot. that's the real question. That's the real question: is what could Ray Lewis do for you to hate Ray Lewis? Yeah, like I think maybe he could come to my house right now and shoot me in the chest, and like I would be like, no, it wasn't him. He was just wrong place, wrong time, hanging out with wrong people. <laughs> right. It right. wasn't him or something, and I would still defend Ray Lewis even if he shot me right in the chest. Right. right now. Even if, right, right. Here, let me let me. Laundry's upstairs. If you want to wash your white suit before you leave. Yeah, so it would have to be, it would have to be more of an organization. Like the organization would have to decide, as an organization, we're going to go around killing people or something. Like that's the. I'm, I'm, it would have to be something the organization did, as an Orioles like, organization. Base, baseball like, sucks. I don't know. We're now going to murder people. Is that where you're going? Yeah. Yeah, or like we're we're no we're like we're we decided we can make more money just having concerts here. So our baseball team is now going to be made up of like Garth Brooks and Britney Spears is going to be our right. players, and we're just going to sing every game. Like I don't know, it have to be something about, so insane right. like that. That would be a reason to say, okay, Britney Spears just got signed. Last straw, I'm done. But like right. Andrew Kashner traded. <laughs> you could trade Andrew Kashner for literally a baseball bet signed by. I don't know, uh, Mike Trout. And I would say, you know, I don't like that, but I'm still an Orioles fan. All right, how about how about they, they how about Peter Angelos comes out, tells all these international people to go back to their homes and if you don't like it here, go back to your home and the Orioles only sign white Americans from the South. Would that do yeah, it for and you? He picks up a new slogan called Make the Orioles Great Again. Exactly. That that <laughs> You just got to, Josh. That might do it. I, that I might think do so. it. I think you, or if he just, you just got a way to sell my fandom. All right. Just sells the team to a businessman from New York. Or do that. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Yeah. That's true. All right. But not say, trading Andrew Kashner or not trying not trying to sign a, a Shoni Otani who you had no shot at signing. <laughs> not those reasons. Right. Exactly. If you're going to renounce your fandom, I'm all about it. But just give me a legit reason, people. Right, we need, we need like... And you can't be... I'm getting fired up about this now. You can't be over 30. If you're 15 and you see the Orioles trade Manny Machado, I'm done being a fan. I get that because you're 15. If you're 30 <laughs> and you've been through the dark ages, I mean, you're kidding me? If you lasted through the dark ages, you can't give up now. You literally can't give up. You can't. Because you lasted the dark ages, you came out the other end. Yeah, I feel like there need we need to make a poster. Like everyone makes these posters about like you know great moments in Orioles history. We need to make a poster of like Orioles moments in our lifetime, 
and it's all the suck and crappiness that we went through. And, yeah, and like, show all that we've overcome. Right, And right. we're still standing here as fans. Yeah, exactly. Here's the crap we dealt with. Forget all the good things. We only post the bad things on this poster. And then it's just a reminder of, oh, the Orioles traded Kashner. Oh, they're rebuilding. We've been worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. We once we once traded Josh Hader, right? Can we talk about that? That that didn't do it. We once traded, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez who's been a, an, a starter for for Boston for the last seven years. It feels like, and uh, and you weren't you're okay with that one. You're right. okay with all the times where where we 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 signed players like Vlad Guerrero past his prime and Sammy Sosa. Remember that happened past his prime. But you're not. We're going to pay Chris Davis till till I'm 60, and you're okay with that right. one? It was just a, Andrew Kashner being traded. We we had a steroid lab in the locker room, and it still didn't help the Orioles win. Yeah, Larry Bigby, Jay Gibbons, Brian Roberts, Rafael Palmeiro. We had we had a teammate of a steroid guys, right. and we still sucked. Um, and that didn't stop you from cheering. See, that's what we got to come up with the list of bad things. So then whenever – maybe we'll put that up on our website. So whenever someone tweets something stupid like, I'm done with the Orioles, you just reply to them with this list and say, yeah. this is what it took? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Hopefully um, – I don't know. Hopefully or not hopefully. I don't know if I'm rooting for trades or not. Um, I mean, I hope we get good prospects if we do make trades, but I'm not – I'll be okay with no trades, I don't, uh, but we'll see what's in store for us next week. Hopefully there's trades because the current team's not doing anything. The only thing you can do is trade them for stuff. Yeah, but the rest of the guys that would be traded, there's no, like, Cashner was like, end of the season's gone. Yes. Uh, Valar's right. here for another year. Yeah, um, Valar and Gibbons Mancini, here for another couple years. if you wait till the offseason, you can trade them to 29 teams. Yeah, I do. I mean, the guy I'm rooting that we traded to Valar... Just because, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Givens has more of an upside. You can get a bigger deal for him. But Villar, I'm kind of done with. I've, we've seen what Villar can do. He's good but not great. Let's get a couple 17-year-olds and kind of move on from Villar. And it makes room for, like, Hans or Alberto to play every day or something. Or what? Yeah, maybe bring up. I know Jace Peterson's tearing it up. Yeah, he's player of the week. I saw that. True. Yeah. Or maybe trade him. Because he's not long-term plan either. No, none of these guys are long-term plans. But I guess get more 17-year-old guys for our 24 team. Is there one player on the team now that's part of the plan? I mean, you could argue John Means and Trey Mancini are the two that you can make an argument for. But they could also be part of the plan as in to trade them and get things. Those are the only guys who are young enough to be here when the Orioles start winning. And are and I mean not just young enough who are actually good players because we have some other young guys. True, true. Like I don't think Alberto or Nunez. I think they're relatively young guys. Dwight Smith is a young guy. Right, but they're not I part don't of think the plan. Good enough. Yes. Yeah, like maybe maybe Dwight Smith will surprise us and he'll turn out to be really good. I don't. I'm not sure. Right. Same with Richie Martin. But yeah, like Richie like, Martin has know, a lot of potential. Maybe he'll learn great, to hit the ball. But yeah, if the guy can hit 240, man. Right. He can be part of the future at 240. That's all you got to do, 240. All right, well, the music's been playing all for right. 15 minutes. 
Really? No, I was I, waiting for the music because I, I I don't hear it. No, I haven't hit it. I'm going to put it in post because I've had to do a lot of editing on this episode. So it'll go in at the end. All right. I'm telling you that middle commentary when you go to get the door for the plumber, you might want to leave that in there. I got some good stuff in there. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, when the plumber interrupted us 15 less. minutes into the show, I'll take a look at that. Yeah. Maybe I'll put it out as my 336 Daily tomorrow. Just your commentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out of context. I think that, that would work yes, well. Yes, definitely. All right, boys and girls. Well, listen to Josh's daily podcast. I just subscribed to it. Um, you should listen to it. It's it's, it's, it's good. I think it's uh, getting better. your daily Orioles talks. Yeah I, yeah, I haven't listened to them all, but I listened to the most recent one. And I thought it was good. Um, I like the little break in between. You cover several different topics. Um, yeah. So that was good. Yeah. So subscribe to 336 Daily. I did have to search a couple things to find it. Like it just – it didn't come up. Well, you're just not that I searched smart. on iTunes. What did you search? Section 336. That's the problem. At first I searched Section 336. That's, okay. I don't know if I can tag it with that. But yeah, it's not called Section 336. That would be like if I complained that I typed in, uh, I don't know, football and the Ravens podcast didn't come up. Immediately. No, I thought your podcast was called Section 336 Daily. No, it's just 336 Daily. Should I put the section on there? It's always yeah. been 336 Daily, I thought. I don't know, but then after that, I. Fine. After that, I searched 336 Daily and then I found it. Uh, imagine that. So it took me two searches. Yeah. Well, that's uh, because of you, not because of me. You just didn't know the name of the show. Yeah. Because it's uh, on Google, Spotify, okay. it's on everything. Apple. Yeah. Well, I got it on iTunes, and I subscribed. I haven't written a review yet because I got to hear a couple more episodes before I feel comfortable uh-huh. writing a review. There's like 15 but, uh, episodes but don't out worry, there. I will. I'm going to list a couple more. For... Yeah. All right. All right, all right guys. Um, check us out on other local uh, social media sites. Hit up Bert uh, and tell him to get back on the show. Oh, yeah. Josh, you're in Florida. Bert's in Florida. Yeah. Maybe you could get him on the show or something. Apparently, maybe so. I'd have to drive to him. He always got has an excuse. He said, "He said tonight's theme park night." I don't know what that means. I mean, I guess it means he's going to a theme park. Well, well I mean, if you go, but well, yeah, that's true. Yes, some we'll of us to go to Florida and work. Week. We'll do our best. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany, okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that... That's why I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.